Learn the most advanced recruiting techniques. Land the most desirable talent. Launch your company towards massive success. This is the Higher Power Radio Show with Rick Gerard. There's a flood of major talent in the market today, and the competition for those limited positions are heating up. With this rise in the talent pool, the ability to properly assess applications is a major challenge for a lot of companies. So the bar has been raised, and today we're talking all about how to screen resumes and how to not leave good people on the table. I'm Rick Gerard, and welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show. We help entrepreneurs and hiring managers avoid costly hiring mistakes by identifying a specific problem and providing proven solutions to enable your company to win the right hire. We share insights from top performing rebel entrepreneurs, disruptors, and industry experts like our guest today, Mr. Sean Cheek. He's the co-founder and managing partner of Pivot CMO. Sean is a Silicon Valley and Silicon Beach serial entrepreneur and Y Combinator alumni. His specialty is helping companies scale from zero to multi-millions in revenue through both conventional and paid acquisition and non-conventional growth hacks. Apart from Pivot CMO, Sean loves to work with founders to find creative ways to scale their business and owns and invests in a portfolio of small to medium-sized businesses, which is what makes Sean the perfect guest for today's show. Sean, welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. I am excited to have you. And thank you, by the way, for filling in the last minute because we had another guest plan, but that didn't happen. No worries. So today we're discussing a couple of things. We're going to talk about the challenges that companies are facing based off your own experience in this heavy applicant market. And then we're going to talk about how to affect effectively screen applicants to avoid false positives. Sound like a plan? Sounds good. All right, perfect. So let's talk a little bit about you and some of the challenges that you're finding in this market right now. I'm assuming you're getting a lot more resumes right now. Definitely a lot more resumes, which means a lot harder to screen. We're very fortunate that we're able to still be hiring. So, you know, just want to preface it with that. Absolutely. Give yourself Um, a pat on the back. Oh, thank you. There you go. Um, Yeah, we've been actually really aggressively hiring for the agency or the growth agency. We've had an influx of people that want to do online marketing because a lot of the retail is closed down or they're scrambling just to make business work and things like that. So we've definitely had an influx of applicants come in. And it's challenging because qualifying is one thing. We usually get about 3,000 applicants a month for any one job post that we have up. Wow. It's probably up to four to 5,000 now, if not more. So screening, that's hard. And then for a lot of our online businesses that we own, customer service is an all-time high because these companies are growing. Everyone, instead of buying things in person, is buying online. So we're aggressively, like last week, we hired three customer service people, which was stressful because we want to maintain like a good level of quality, but also we need to train these customer service people and get them up to speed. So definitely like a crazy time right now. Have you found that you've raised the bar in your quality or what you're looking for at this point? We've definitely raised the bar for a couple of reasons. The first reason is we just want to make sure that, you know, people are looking for jobs. We want to get the best candidates, but also we know that there's an influx of probably good candidates that are looking for jobs right now. So we have the opportunity to be picky and get some really, really good talent in, which we're very excited about. We're very, very happy about. And by the way, you're not alone because almost every CEO that I talk to right now is looking at the same way. We've got some positions up in, but like we raise the bar because the truth is that that's going to elevate your level of performance within the organization when you hire up too. Yeah, exactly. And I think after chatting with you a couple of times, we have a pretty good understanding of like, this is a really big deal. Like it's actually a really big opportunity. And while we're really busy with the other side of the business, like running it now more than ever, hiring really matters a lot. Definitely. All right. So what are the issues that you're having right now in the screening process? Yeah. So, I mean, I think the main thing is number one, and we had talked about this a little bit is just 
just finding the right candidates that not only have a good technical fit, meaning like they have the skill set to do the actual job, because a lot of the jobs that we have are fairly technical. You either know how to buy ads or you don't know how to buy ads. It's, you know, pretty straightforward in that sense. But then also like, are they good with clients? Are they a good culture fit? We're pretty small. I mean, we're 20 people at the agency, so everyone has to get along and we're really busy. So if you don't fit in, it's really tough. Well, especially at this size of your company, cultural fit is so important because one bad hire can make or break. Yeah. And I've had to let someone go recently, not that recently, maybe six months ago. And yeah, it was just one of those things where it was a snowball effect of that person just really affecting the entire company and everyone's kind of mindset when they come into the office. So, you know, these are all very good learning experiences for us, for sure. Yeah. So quality is a concern for you? Yeah. Quality is a concern because I think one of the things that we've talked to a lot of candidates about is, okay, why are you in the market, right? Did you get laid off because the companies are like it was out of your control or was it in your control? Because on the flip side, what we're also seeing is a lot of companies using what's going on in the world as an excuse to let go of people that they would have let go anyways. That's one thing that we got to be very careful about is was this candidate dead weight anyways? Which may or may not be a bad thing. I mean, could be they were just completely in a wrong environment. That's fair. Right? That's fair. That makes a lot of sense. I think that there's some people you put them in one environment, they're going to fail miserably. You put them in another one, they'll thrive. That makes a lot of sense to me. I think another thing that we are having trouble with on the screening end is just, okay, are we asking the right questions? Are we representing ourselves correctly? And are we finding the right candidates for the right position and for the right reasons, right? Like, are they coming to us because they just need a job or are they coming to us because they actually want to work at our company and represent us really well, right? So that's really important to us as well. Okay. Any other challenges you're having in the actual screening process besides that? Yeah. I mean, I think the main thing is we get so many applicants, like how do you pick the right ones? Are we asking the right questions? Are we, again, representing ourselves well enough? I think you and I talked about it a little bit. And I think those are the main takeaways is how do I pick the right person even? Or how do I take people through the process? I mean, we have a portion where like people do a case study and a lot of people just don't want to do the case study or they're really slow to do the case study, which is frustrating for us because we want to actively hire and there's some good candidates there, but they don't necessarily want to like do the case study or they take a week to do it or something like that. So very painful in that sense. Does it take a long time to do the case study? What's my time investment if I want to do this case? Yeah, we always say that it takes an average person, maybe 45 minutes to an hour, and it takes a really good person 20 to 30 minutes to do. And actually, I have a question for you. Is that the right way to frame it to someone? Because we also don't want to make people feel bad if it takes them an hour and 15 minutes or whatever the case is, right? We don't have a time limit for it or anything like that. A couple of weeks ago, we had one of our guests from Criteria Corp. The CEO came on, Josh, and he was saying that they saw a huge drop off after 40 minutes. Interesting. So if it's inside of 40 minutes that you're doing too soon, then people will drop off. I see. So if you're doing an assessment or some sort of work that's a half an hour, that's manageable. But once it gets over 40 minutes, they have this huge plummet rate. We'll just have to say 20 or 30 <laughs> minutes then and hope people should get take them. you 20 minutes. Yeah. My perspective on that is that when people don't do it, they self-select out and that's not a bad thing. Yeah. And I've had that happen with a candidate where we try doing the in-person. So we phone screen, we do a case, then we do an in-person interview and we try to do the in-person interview before the case. Really strong person, spoke really well, seemed like he really knew the content. And then he did the case and it was pretty clear that he just did not know how to do anything. So it was almost like a waste of his time and our time to bring him in, which I felt bad about because from a client like management standpoint, culture fit aspect, great. From a technical aspect, like not great at all. Could he have picked it up? Did you see any evidence that that person could have learned it and arrived in that? I think learning it, like I don't think what we do is extremely, extremely hard. I think like most things in life, you can learn it whether you like it and you want to do it every day is a whole different thing. Especially like for a lot of what we do, we're the lifeblood of a lot of businesses, right? We provide all of the leads, all of the marketing, all of the revenue for most businesses. So if we have someone bad, it reflects poorly, not only on our business, but a lot of other companies as well. So yeah, affects your clients. What about phone screening? You're having people take this assessment 
assessment or this test or whatever the case study is, then you move to a phone screen. Or yeah. So how it works is like, let's say somebody applies on, you know, they see one of our job posts on Indeed or ZipRecruiter or something like that. They apply, we send them a message saying like, hey, following up on your application, can you please fill out this short form? And it's usually like five to 10, some multiple choice, some very one line free response questions. And then we use that to gauge whether they're technically qualified or not. Then we do a phone screen. If the phone screen goes well, then we'll move them into a case study that they can do on their own time. And then if the case study goes well, then we bring them in in person and then we make an offer after that. So that's Got like it. the full process. Got it. I have a suggestion for that instead of doing case study to working session. Interesting. Just to see how like they problem solve and reason through things. Yeah. Is that kind of the idea? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Because then you're getting an idea of how they collaborate, how they work with them. They also are giving you the same information that you get on the case study. I see. Right. But in a different fashion. It's kind yeah. of there. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then you're bringing other members into the team. You're listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. I'm your host, Rick Gerard. And for our podcast listeners, we're going to take a quick educational moment for our sponsors. Check out what we do at stridesearch.com. There you'll find additional content and resources on how to land great hires. Today, our guest is Sean Cheek. Sean is the co-founder and managing partner of Pivot CMO. And we're talking about the screening process and how to effectively save your time in finding the right people and not leaving good candidates on the table. So we just talked a little bit about some of the process that we've been running through. And now we're going to lay out how you do it so that some of our audience can plug that into their business. And I'll share about how we've done it too. Sure. So, so walk me through, you get somebody who applies to the role, you're getting 3000 applicants a month. How are you cutting them down? Yeah. So we send a multiple choice free response assessment. So out of 3000 or so, I would say like anywhere from 250 to 300 people actually do the assessment. And then from there, what we deem qualified is maybe 20 or 30 people. And then we'll put them onto like a phone screen. What makes somebody qualified? There are a couple of questions in the assessment. The first is, for example, if we're looking for a Facebook ad buyer on a scale of one to 10, what's your Facebook ad buying expertise? And we'll typically do like six and above, sometimes five and above. What if they lie? So so yeah, so that's, that's question number one. Because anyone that's not confident in their skill level is under a five or a six or something like that. And then we have a lot of other very, very simple questions. For example, what is CPM on Facebook? It's a very well-known term. Even if you're not in marketing, a lot of people is it know. Is a cost per million? Cost per 1,000 impressions. Oh, damn. Right? I failed. <laughs> don't hire <laughs> so me. Don't, so don't, hire, don't apply for that position. So very simple questions like that that are like just no-brainer, like boom, boom, ready to go. And then maybe a little bit more nuanced questions that are still very easy. They're like very basic 101, marketing 101 or Facebook. Facebook ad buying 101, they should take no more than five or 10 seconds to answer. And we'll usually literally do the filter thing in Google Sheets and then just select from there because if you don't know the basics, there's no way you're going to survive at our company is kind of the idea. So out of those people who do assessments, you're bringing in how many people to the interview process? So out of like the 300 or so that will actually fill out that assessment, 20 to 30 usually will make it to the phone screen, I okay. would say. Out of the initial 3,000 applied, 300 and then yeah, 20 to 30 after that. And then from the phone screen to the interview? Usually maybe like six to eight okay. people will make it to the actual in-person. And is there any specific criteria that you're looking for in the phone screen? So the first is just, you know, again, back to that technical aspect. Do they know how to buy Facebook ads and are they thinking about it the right way? So I think that's thing number one. Thing number two, like, can they talk to clients? Are they confident? Can they talk on the phone? Because a lot of what we do requires a lot of client interaction. And then number three, and I feel like we haven't done a good job of this is just do they fit in with the team? Are people going to like them? Are they going to work well together? Do they have something to contribute? Those are probably like the three things, but I would say we're weighted more towards the technical things 
things these days. We've very much been the company that hires when it hurts. And that's why this whole COVID thing has been eye-opening for me because I'm like, look, we're really busy. We should hire really aggressively because we have the opportunity to do so. We don't necessarily need to always hire when it hurts. We should just be hiring because the candidates are good. So that's a really big takeaway from this. Always be hiring. Always be hiring. There's some really solid benefits to always be hiring. If you're always even interviewing, I mean, it keeps people engaged. It makes people think that you're doing well. I mean, once you start cutting off the interview stream and not interviewing, then your own employees start thinking, oh God, what's going on? Is my company going under? And they start freaking out, especially in times like this. Right. But then again, don't interview just for the sake of interviewing. Right. Opportunistic hiring is going on with a lot of companies, like you said. And the truth is there are some companies that have shed some people that weren't a fit and they're going to backfill those positions. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, one of my good mentors was saying that once every couple of years you get that superstar, but if you're not looking for them, then it'll be once every 10 or 20 years that you find that superstar. So that's something that I've been mindful of more lately because we have a couple of guys that are companies. They're just superstars. I'm like, how do I get more of these guys? And the answer is, I feel like there's no right answer. It's just a numbers game at the end of the day. No, now's the time to stack the deck. Of the of the six to eight people that you interview, that's getting you to like one or two hires. Yeah, but one or two, maybe. Ideally, one is usually what happens. I mean, I think we like to increase the success rate, but yeah, maybe one or two hires usually. That's pretty good. You have a process in place, which is better than what most people do. There's a couple of things that I like to tee on real quickly, because when you get from a scenario where you're getting a lot of resumes, I build a couple of things into the job description. So starting with the job description, a couple of things that you can do that would be really, really helpful in getting the right people to talk to you is what I call a call to action. Don't ask for the resume. Treat the job description as a marketing document where you can get people to engage with you. And so what do people naturally want to talk about? They want to talk about themselves. So give them the opportunity to express who they are as a person. So one of the favorite questions that I like to ask, I did not make this up. I got it from one of my mentors a long time ago. What are you capable of achieving? You give somebody the opportunity to express what they think that they can do. This is a really good question just to get somebody to start engaging in some sort of expression of what their vision for their career is. And if people take the time to do that work, these are great screening mechanisms that you need to have in place because you can't look at 3,000 resumes. But also in the job description, I usually put on the bottom of that any applications that we get that don't have answers to these questions, we don't respond to. Interesting. Interesting. And do you usually put that at the bottom of the posting so you know they read through the whole thing? Or is there a place in the description where you recommend putting these types of things? At the very top, a lot of times we'll put, please read all all the way down to the bottom for okay. specific instructions. Can, so if you see if people can follow the instructions. Yeah. We do not respond to no brainer applies or just a resume sent with nothing else. You're going to get so much volume. Will you miss out on people? Maybe, but you're not going to miss out on those people who are really going to be passionate about being at your company. That makes sense. And I think that's the most important thing right now is that, again, you want to stack the deck with really solid rock stars. God, if you go back to the past couple of recessions, if you look at the growth spurts of Amazon and Google during the recession, they did a lot of strategic hiring where they went in, they just plucked out a lot of good people. When we came out of it, look how much they've grown since then. It's been tremendous. Is that across the board or is that mainly like senior director level hires or how do you think about that? I think it's everything. Everything? Yeah. Interesting. I mean, it stems from the top down, but you find a great VP, that VP is going to stack the deck with a couple of people that they know on the team that can put in place. And then you just kind of build around them. You just keep building up. Interesting.
Okay. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Again, I've been saying this for a few weeks. I mean, now is the time to start stacking the deck with aces. Yeah. I don't know if you saw, but Airbnb, for example, released the list of everybody that yeah. unfortunately got laid off. But those are some great people there. For Airbnb example. has had a reputation for a really solid, it's hard to get hired there. And they have some really amazing people there. And it's great that they actually shifted their recruiting department to now outsource to the rest of the world to help them find jobs. That's amazing. Yeah. People first. See, when you take a people first approach, you win. I think this comes down to really finding out ultimately whether or not this person's going to thrive in your environment and whether or not you offer enough to make that person want to be at your company. Right. It's interesting that you say that because I feel like we haven't done enough of that. When I think of like the employees that we have now and when we talk to them, the things that they like about working at our company are I feel like things that we don't advertise or talk about enough during the hiring process. And obviously like we're so tunnel vision into like just trying to get somebody on board that we haven't, I feel like done a good enough job just really understanding like why people like to come into work every day. Well, that's because you're busy doing. I'm usually busy spending a lot of time <laughs> thinking about this and solving these problems. That's right. So it, uh, it's a whole different ballgame. All right. So we're getting pretty low on time. Sean, what would be two or three key takeaways that you can give the audience so they can plug into their business? Yeah, sure. I think the first thing, the one thing that you said is just having people screen themselves out and just making the actual job listing tailored to what we're looking for. I really like that a lot, especially having the text at the top that just says read all the way through because, you know, a lot of our job templates, like we'll edit the first half, we'll edit some of the bullet points and everything else kind of stays the same. And that hasn't changed since we started hiring whenever we started the company. So that's something that was actually really good. I think that's thing number one. Thing number two is just understanding why people should move over to our company versus where they're at now. And I think it's not about necessarily like financials or anything like that. It's really just, you know, what are we doing different or like, what can we do for these employees? It's um, what's in it for me. Yeah, exactly. And I think we don't do a good enough job of, well, I think it starts with our own employees. Like, hey, what is in it for you? Um, so help me advertise, you know, to getting other really great people on board. Yeah. And your employees actually are going to be your best advocates too. Exactly. So we didn't even talk about it, but I know you've done quite a bit of referral hiring too, which is if you're not utilizing those resources to its full extent, then you should be. Yeah, exactly. I mean, our employees have referred some really great other hires that we made. We've actually hired like 80% of the referrals that have come in. And then other companies, some of our competitors have referred some of our best employees over to us. And that's been a really great source. And we have a pretty solid referral program as well. That's interesting because when I have people reach out to me and they want help on their job search, I always tell them to go find somebody within the company they want to work for and get referred in rather than go through the applicant loop because it's just a different experience altogether. Yeah. And that way we also know that like, it's almost like a interview without an interview happening, right? Like one of my employees, he brings me in candidates. I'm like, okay, they'll probably eventually get along. You'd hope. I would still put them through the same. Oh, for sure. No for sure. What. For sure. All right. Shoot. Well, we're just about out of time for today's show, Sean. Thanks so much for your time investment today. And I want to welcome you to the Higher Power Radio community. Perfect. Now, what's the best way in which members of our audience can find you, your company and find out more about you? Yeah. Just pivotcmo.com, P-I-V-O-T-C-M-O.com. You can feel free to shoot me an email as well. I answer pretty much all them. Sean, S-H-A-W-N at pivotcmo.com. You can reach us there. LinkedIn is always really great as well. We try to respond to everything there and put some content out and stuff like that. Perfect. And what's the pain that you solve for your clients? I think it's just growth. We have a lot of formal offerings where we're doing a lot of growth marketing, advertising, and things like that for our clients. But me as an individual, I've been a founder multiple times. It sucks a lot. So if you're <laughs> yeah, ever... Payroll responsibility is a bitch, isn't it? Payroll responsibility, <laughs> investor responsibility. So yeah. I always try to like section off a portion of my week just to like talk to 
the founders and just be helpful. So feel free to reach out and you know, happy to talk about anything that pertains to startups or growth or running a company or anything like that. That's awesome. All right. I want to thank our listening audience for tuning in this week's episode of Higher Power. Quick thanks to our team, our engineer, Christopher Decker, our producers, Andrea Bellin, Ariel Kramer, and our creative director, Ayla Gerard. If you're listening to the podcast, please subscribe, review, and share. After all, the shows for you. You can reach me at rickatstridesearch.com or check us out on higherpowerradio.com. Tune in next week. Our guest is going to be Sharon Yaroslavsky. She is the co-founder and CEO of Cassiopeia Tech. I'm your host, Rick Gerard, and you have been listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. Aloha. Thank you for listening to Higher Power Radio. Catch our LinkedIn Live show every Tuesday at noon or download the podcast on iHeartRadio, iTunes, YouTube, or your favorite podcast platform. We appreciate you joining us on Higher Power Radio with your guide to recruitment success. Rick Turner.